Got it. Okay, so the journey of Crazy Horse. Anybody want to jump in and be first? I got to say, like usual, I just, I so, you know, all of you I know have been through this. You're retired. You can't figure out what's enough and what's too much. I'm just overloaded. I got into part of it, but I didn't finish it. But I love American Indian and the way they look at life and nature. And they have different kinship than is the majority right now in the world with women being <laughs> head and things like that i just find it fascinating and i i started by putting little sticky note tabs because i thought you know with the language i probably have to refer back what what does that stand for you know or what does that mean so i'm i'm gonna want, want to finish it but oh, i didn't quite get to it all the way to this time by this time what is it with us retirees Oh. just too darn busy to finish the book, even if we love it. Yes. Uh, I finished it and I liked it. And Al and I started a little conversation at the meeting, but then he had to be busy and doing stuff. He said, we can't discuss it now. But <laughs> he as a history buff really loved it as well. And oh, no. I did too. Uh, and the thing that was a little bit slow at first was this is a, a Lakota guy telling it. And my experience with native storytellers is that they're winding and kind of slow. They're not direct and straightforward. And uh, and this certainly took me a little while to get into that. Not a straight biography, but a biographical narrative of um, of the, not just Crazy Horse, but the culture and that sort of thing. And it prompted me to get out my travel journey in 2000, my then husband and I camped the Lewis and Clark Trail. So we were up in much of that country. We went to Sitting Bull's grave, um, which had a lot of tobacco offerings in the form of cigarettes and uh, <laughs> flowers and things all around it. Uh, but, and I remember seeing the start of that Crazy Horse Monument, which has been going on for like 20 or 30 years. You can look that up. It's going to be a fabulous whole big mountain of Crazy Horse. But but it um, yeah, it was worth my finishing and I managed it. It was it was very good. And uh, the thing I noticed in my journals was that the museums were, I thought, treating the Native um, people perspective perspective fairly with the white perspective but the funny thing and I'd completely forgotten this outside of one of the museums a couple of I said braves were sitting around saying and they said hey grandmother you're so pretty and, mm -hmm. and then I walked over to talk with them and they said they are not telling our story right you have to be the one to tell them well I don't know why they thought I would but anyway um, but I thought that was an interesting tale and I I like that the indigenous people are now telling their stories and they're becoming more and more archaeologists to find out their own stories as well. So even with climate change, all they did historically that now we're learning from them, you know exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you if you've heard Robin Wall Kimmer and Braiding Sweetgrass, 
you know a lot about that. But I heard on the way over on NPR, you know, they're putting in, um, I'm talking a lot because I may have to cut off. Um, they're thinking about putting in mines out in Nevada and so forth. And there was conversation that if, if and when they took in indigenous perspectives, things worked better. Mm -hmm. mm. So, okay. When I started, oh, <clears throat> when I started to read the book, um, I kind of really couldn't remember much of the history. And so it was going to be kind of new or very refreshing uh, to me. And so I had envisioned that it was, mainly going to focus on this one battle with Custer and all that. And ironically, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't. And frankly, I'm probably the only one. But by the end of the book, I had to go back and read some of those battle scenes again and figure out which one was what Bull, Bull Run, I think it's better known as, but they refer to it as slippery grass or, or what was the name of that? Greasy grass. Greasy grass. There you go. That description and that encounter was actually the one with Custer, wasn't it? Or did um, I get myself confused? Because I I went back and I tried to read, you know, supporting information. Actually, I'm I'm joining you for a few minutes. I I'm waiting for Cindy to get ready to go down to the Tigers game. But I thought, well, oh, shoot, rather than doing joining you on. Uh, on 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 the phone, I'll sit in till she's ready. Uh, but I, to answer that question, you know, I I I actually I've been a big fan of Crazy Horse for many years. I've read a number of books on him, and uh, and you're right, a lot of them are about the Battle of the Little Bighorn. But I even the had a Bighorn. There you go. I misspoke before. Yeah. yeah. But I I even had to go back and say I've got to go read those chapters because I don't think they ever mentioned Custer in the story yeah. of the book whatsoever. Okay. That. I mean, I I, they, they deliberately they deliberately did that, and it really wasn't just one battle; it was three battles, and it was it was an ongoing one. And they didn't they didn't they didn't really highlight it in the book. It it was it it, it was a highlight. It was kind of the peak of you know, of their success, but uh, but they didn't they didn't highlight it like like most of the other books about uh, Crazy Horse that that I that I've read. Um, so I thought that, I thought that was really rather interesting, and they the book really focused more on the man than it did on uh, than, than it did on the, the battles and everything, and the, and what he went through in his life, and uh, you know, and, and how he developed, and how he really didn't want to be he didn't really want to be a leader. He he wanted he just wanted to support his way of life, and um, uh, and uh, and I uh, and like I said, since my time is kind of short, I. I mentioned to Sharon when I was talking to earlier today. I also, I also, I, I found a, a lot of commonality with the uh, Project Hail Mary. Uh, you know, uh, um, what was his name? Ryland Grace. You know, he, both of them were were on a mission to save their worlds, and uh, and 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 he was, he, and the both of them uh, didn't really want to be a leader. They didn't. He didn't. He didn't want to go out in space and save the world, and he was kind of forced into it, and. And he knew that he went out there to try to save the world. He was going to die. Well, I, I quite, quite frankly, that I had never thought of that before. But uh, that's what Crazy Horse's situation was. He, the way of life that they had was that they thoroughly enjoyed. They respected family. They respected women. They, 
Um, they, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't own land. Uh, yes, they had plenty of wars, but and disagreements, but then they really honored people, not, not just to go kill people. And, um, and, I, and, and, and then, and he didn't really want to be, don't, don't call me the chief. I don't like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, and he didn't really want that, but he, but, but he did for the sake of his people, was, he was trying to save his world. And yet he knew at the end, knew at the end, at the end he was going to die. Just like uh, just like uh, Grace did in in the other battles. So I don't. Those are a, a few of my comments. But let me let others join in. And he was going to die with his own people pulling him down. Yeah. And it was those those loafers that preferred hanging out at the court at the fort, getting the handouts that were the one that finally turned the tide, wasn't it? Yep, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I quite frankly, when I his his story and and, and the, yeah, I've I've actually been to Fort Robinson where he died and I've I've been to the Battle of Little Bighorn and uh, and and some of the other Fort Laramie. Uh, we stayed overnight at Fort Laramie one time and it just I and and then when you're there, I mean, I I, I almost. I almost could cry when I when he, when he when 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 uh, he was needlessly attacked and uh, at the end and died. I mean, it was just uh, sad. I but quite frankly, it's probably better for him because uh, him having to live in a reservation and under all the restraints. And actually, they were going to mm. put him in chains. They were going to put him in chains. Uh, he he mm. that, that would that would have been horrible. So uh, you know, it it was sad to see him killed that way but uh uh but i i just don't think he that, that, that he wouldn't have wanted to live the life that came came after that so i um also thought that uh he um you know I was going to look and see if there was a good documentary or a good movie to see as a backup to this. And I kind of read little reviews on some. And by far, they kept saying that it was um, um, kind of Hollywood-like and not necessarily accurate. And I, I, I never really landed on one that I thought might be good to see, but someone else might have, um, you know, more um, information about that. But um, so maybe because... Hollywood has seen it as a battle and, you know, the Indian versus the white man or something. Maybe that got way disproportional because, you know, the author of this book, and I, I listened to it, and um, he spent an awful lot of time in the beginning um, trying to give credence to the oral tradition of passing down information because that's where he got most of his information. He convinced me. I mean, it was, uh, uh, you know, how this would be about as accurate as you're going to get it. And um, the fact of how he told it in such a, um, just a, you know, a quiet ongoing way uh, of many things that made him uh, a good leader. Um, it's, I I had the feeling somehow this was a more accurate vision of him and more accurate rendition. And he said he spent a lot at the end talking about how or why he was such a good leader. And remember, he just emphasized that he did it by doing. He just led, and and that instead of talking about things or you know organizing hierarchy, he just 
took the ball and ran with it. So, so I, I thought it was a, a good book to read about human nature. And um, you could sort of almost picture how someone so quiet, but had actions that spoke for themselves that people would just gravitate to. And, and no wonder they followed him. That's it. Did the author read it or someone else? Was it a good narrator? It was the author. Was he? Um, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, it was. And uh, he had a very um, kind of a quiet way. If you they hadn't told you, you would know he. As crazy as it sounds, I'm not sure what it was, not really an accent or something, but a way of talking that sounded as a Native American telling his own story or whatever. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. So that was. And I'd love to go you back see the monument. Mark? You know, I did read up on that, of course, in uh, what is South Dakota, I think. I don't know that it'll ever, ever be done. And they even say it probably won't because it's so difficult, takes so much money, and they're depending on funds and all. But I guess you can see what's there, and even what's there is quite stunning. I don't think they have any of the horse yet, but the face. So, oh, actually, I I've been there uh, ah. many times. I oh. I have a great attraction to it. They actually started it in the year I was born. Oh. And my, my parents took me there when I was three years old, and I've probably been there at least a dozen times. And to, oh. and it, actually, that monument to me is, I mean, I, I, I love Mount Rushmore. I think that's fantastic, but it's almost more amazing. Uh, uh, it's so large. And the horse is, and, and is, you can clearly see the outline of the yeah. horse. I, it's now oh. been, it's been almost eight, 10 years since I've last been there, but and but it's it's being being done with all donations. They're not taking federal funds for it. It probably could have been done by now if uh, they would have taken federal funds. But uh, it's it's a family and uh, Korshak Zilkowski that uh, is, is the sculptor of that. And uh, uh, and you know he died and and then his wife took over and ran the project for a number of years. And and his whole family is involved is involved in it. Uh, and it, it's it's really neat to see this statue. I mean, the the, the idea is that you know the the the, the red man had uh, had uh, have had had heroes just like the white man did. And if you can have Mount Rushmore, we should have something that honors the the great uh, the great American the Native Native Americans. And and Crazy Horse was their you know was their hero. I mean, they they could have done Sitting Bull and. Yeah. Things like that. I, I I I thought that was another interesting part of the book of how you related some of the other names that you might know, like Red Cloud and Sitting Bull, and and what different roles they took and different approaches that they took. The create that what Crazy Horse did, uh, and how sometimes they worked together and sometimes they they disagreed, and but they you know but they they found ways to try to proceed. But um, but I, if you haven't if you haven't been to South Dakota to see the Crazy Horse Monument, I. I would tell you to do it. And will it ever be completely done? <laughs> yeah. uh, probably, probably not in my lifetime, but I hope eventually that it will. It's, it's, uh, it's very, yeah. I've actually once a year, they let you hike to the top of it. And uh, that's oh. what we did. That's, that was the trip we did with my son for his eighth 
grade graduation, we hiked to the top <laughs> of the Crazy Horse Monument, and oh, cool. it's, it's it's really a, a, it's very impressive to be out there on the arm that's sticking out, and you can walk out there. Uh, can you elaborate uh, on? You had started to say how the family didn't want to take any federal money; it's all donations. Some of the politics yeah. behind that. Yeah, they they the family wanted this to be an Indian project, and I mean they and they wanted donations for it. They did not want to rely. I mean, it, that that was just their approach. They did not want the, this to be a federal project. They wanted it to be a Native American project, and they clearly needed money from white people, but uh, uh, but they did not want it to be a federal project. And uh, I mean, it, it was really it was Korshak and his wife that worked on worked on it. You know, he he climbed he'd climb ladders up there, take him hours to climb the ladders up there, and then blast away and the chisel away and and then climb back down at the end of the day and and uh, and and uh, and, uh, and the and then and then they had kid they had quite a few kids and they are all involved in it in, in some way or another at this point at least as far as I know they are and um, it was just that that was their approach this is this is not this is not an, an American government project. This is a Native American project. I, I, this is probably the best way I can answer Elaine's question. Yeah. It's so sad that they don't have enough money yet to complete it. What can be done? They need a good person to solicit funds. There's lots of money out there. Yes. They, well, they do. They've got a development office, and, and they get they get funds. But, it, I mean, it's, it, takes a, it takes a lot of money to do this, you know. Oh my! So everybody pony up, or <laughs> they 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 actually I, I I lost my subscription to they they have a newsletter that gives you updates on what their progress is. If if you're interested in that, go to the Crazy Horse website and they they will uh, they'll send you it. It's pretty inexpensive, I think, but it's one way they raise funds and. And you can also keep up to date if 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 this book has attracted you to Crazy Horse at all. It, it uh, <clears throat> you know you might enjoy getting those newsletters. In fact, I'm should be telling myself I should renew my subscription. <laughs> it's a whole thing about history and you know how their land was taken, you know, by us. <laughs> that uh, you know it was a big component of why there's such an attraction there because anybody would say that's horrendous that they lost all their uh home and much of their culture because of forced uh whatever indoctrination into how the other people wanted them to be yep that's it it, it, it it was very sad that they you know they lost their way of life that was so different from ours and you know yet that's that's happened throughout the world throughout history i mean right. that, that, that's that's you know you 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 wouldn't you wouldn't be here if if uh, something and the, and the, I mean the if you look at it from the other side those pioneers that went across the country to because they were being persecuted a lot of them in in the east and couldn't make a living and so they went west and even at the risk that they had um, you know you have to admire their the guts that they had to do that also and and yet the, the end was that uh, you know they were going to take over this land and subjugate the native americans to a way of living that they did not want to, that they did not want so that's uh, it's never it's never fair when one country takes over another country and and uh, forces other things on 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 other people 
or from even a health perspective, how that's a very uh, compromised population of the United States, you know, with medical disease and not enough uh, poverty and poverty and all that on top of this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they brought in the smallpox uh, that God. killed so ki killed so many of them during that, they talked about that in the book too. Is it? You know, yes, they, they didn't have any resistance to that, and it killed whole right. tribes of people were killed by by smallpox, and uh, and uh, you know that, that how, how horrible that was. And the coughing disease that was another one. His, he lost yeah. his daughter to coughing disease. Yeah, yeah, tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. It, I re just read an interesting article. I'm still reading it actually in the Smithsonian that the Choctaw Indians donated money to the poor people in Ireland right. who were starving because the potato crop went. Right. And of course, the article points out the fact that they were still exporting wheat and all of their other crops, they were exporting it, but that didn't go to any of the poor people that were starving to death in in Ireland. And recently it's come to light and they've sent uh, emissaries from Ireland over to the Choctaws. And at the time, the Choctaws were being moved from where they had been in Mississippi mm -hmm. to um, Oklahoma. It's a very interesting article. And, and the mm -hmm. same thing was true with the Choctaws. I mean, all the grain, everything's taken away from them. All the, all the bison, all that. Anyway, I thought it was an interesting, interesting article. Smithsonian has such good articles. I, I, I get it regularly, too. It's just fascinating. Right, right. I didn't finish Crazy Horse, but I see that I am going to need to finish it. But I, the writing and the way he talked about the way they raised the children and how, mm -hmm. as a young boy, Crazy Horse was with his mother. And it was the accepted thing until he was a certain age. And then he moved to be with his, and, and of course his father was a medicine man. So he was with other um, warriors and providers. It was, it was, it's an, it, it, it was very interesting. So, and hearing what you're saying about the rest of it, it sounds like I really need to finish it. <laughs> but so, but he, so. he also, he also wasn't perfect either. He, he had his he had his time when he was the, what they called the shirt wearer that made uh, you know he was designated as a leader but he he was in love with uh, I forgot uh, with uh, black uh, uh, black buffalo black shawl or something black, black, well he was in love with black buffalo woman and uh, and uh, yet uh, the, she was chosen for uh, for to marry somebody else. And he maintained his love. So he had a love story even mixed in with this. And and then uh, and he finally met up with her and uh, was going to, I think, get back together with her, even though she was married to somebody else. And then that guy almost came and killed him. And <laughs> uh, and so they, you know, it's, it's some of that, some of that's the kind of so he so he he had he had his thing. He ended up he ended up end up marrying what sounded like a very wonderful woman, this black shawl. Um, and uh, but uh, you know he he was willing to uh, risk uh, uh, an affair if you want with uh, 
with the with the woman that he always loved throughout his life, and yet she was taken away because they gave they, they wanted the political connections that she had with the other tribe, if you will. So, uh, to, uh, I, you know, they 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 cover all sides of them from the time that women raised him, as Pat said, as a child, and then uh, and and then you know how how did he become such a great warrior, and that he always really had that in him to do that. And then, uh, and yet he had, he had, he had some downfalls and things that he did. And, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, say that, that's why I said it was really the story of him as a man. And, and yet he ended up being, becoming such, such a leader. I, 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 again, I thought this is one of the best books on crazy horse that I have watched and no, I don't have a good movie that, uh, that really describes crazy horse. I think this book could make a good movie, quite frankly. Available on YouTube. Pardon me? There's something available on YouTube that you oh. get from your library. Oh, I should I should look I should look at that. Yeah. The other thing I was I thought was fascinating when you talk about um, black buffalo woman, they mentioned that women were allowed to leave their husband, if you will, and go to a different one. That it. It was common practice, but her husband was jealous, and that was why it ended up being such a big deal. She could have gone. It, that's why nobody went after her, but the husband found out, and he was jealous of Crazy Horse. So that's the only reason she went back. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, I thought just a di very different aspect of his life. Yeah, uh, that you know, showed you know, not, not necessarily a bad side, a different side. Yeah, yeah, because she left her kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, more reason to read it. <laughs> yeah, Pat, you you definitely need to finish it. I need to go see if Cindy's ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he could get on. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, I am too. I actually didn't like the book at all. <laughs> I I don't like all that killing. I really, um, after he killed that girl, the blonde of the Crow Nation, I sort of was a little uncertain. And then when he killed two other people and scalped them, some other tribe, that was enough. I did finish the book, but I really didn't like it. Um, mm -hmm. For this group, I finished it, but uh, in between, I would stop and read something else and then come back thinking, I had an obligation to read it, so I <laughs> you could get the idea. This I I did I didn't read it, I uh, listened to it. I thought the reading was good. I guess it was Susan thought the reading uh, she had said last time that she was reading it. I thought I thought it was well read. I thought the structure of the book was good. But as I said, I'm not really into killing. <laughs> so I I left the book every now and then where there was too much and read something else. And then, <laughs> okay, that's enough. Well, he was advised not to scalp any more people after <laughs> the first two scalps. And that is not usual because that's what they did. They scalped their enemies. And um, two scalps and he was done. <laughs> And I was done. <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't want to. He wasn't a. What did they say? It. He. What. He didn't celebrate his victories. He uh -huh. took them very seriously, and that's why he refused to take the scalps. It, 
he didn't need to prove who he was, which I thought was very admirable. Yeah. Richard, I was in your camp. <laughs> you didn't like it either? Um I didn't I didn't dislike it, but I was um it just gave me cause to pause when they were uh, looking for people to brutalize the the um, Lakota tribe would go after the the crow or the whatever um, the, whatever the other tribes were, but they would go out on these par these warring parties, and I was trying to understand. Um, what would drive this group to into acts of violence against other nations? Because it seemed to me that they all had designated boundaries, probably by a river or maybe a mountain. Um, so let let the crow live in their territory, but they were always um, looking to do some damage to another group. And I thought how, I just didn't, I don't know enough about Native American culture to know what the driving force was uh, behind that. Um, but it, it was interesting to me because they objected to the white man coming through. Now the white man did horrible, more, did horrible things. But um, I thought, well, but you're going out and and um, uh, murdering other, well, stealing. I know horse stealing was a big deal. Um, I just, I suspect it wasn't a one way street. Right, but what what I suspect the crows made similar raids. It sounded to me like it was more like they said an honorable opponent was one of the things they kept saying. At least they knew their honorable opponent. And it sounded to me like they didn't attack like the women and children. They went in in battle to get like supplies, like horses. And that was their, that was the take that I got out of it. It wasn't like a war where they were trying to take over their land and their property and kill everybody. It was more of like to get horses, good horses. And they review that quite often in in in, in the book. Is I mean he, he he you know he had to convince them that uh, the fight against the white man is not like what we've had. It's you're not doing it for honor. You're doing it because you want as many dead bodies as you possibly can have because that's how they count whether you win the war or not. You know and and it, you know and yes it does. You could say well the the Indian tribes are always fighting. They were fighting with each other to to, mm -hmm. to get horses to get whatever else. Well. That that isn't that isn't unique to the native to our Native American Indians. Uh, that, that's what they did throughout Europe. <laughs> you know, that right. was, if you want to go look at the history of Poland, for example, if somebody was always running into Poland and taking over the country, and and uh, and then 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 they'd get it back, and then they'd go take something else. And I mean, <laughs> say that this was happening everywhere. Theirs was maybe on a little oh, smaller right. scale. Did they actually take land, though? I mean, it, no. at least from what I read, it didn't sound like they ever took their land. It was mostly like horse. Well, they, all the time they took horses. Well, but, they wanted, later on, they wanted guns and, and that yeah. type of thing, too. But mm. 
Uh, but they, but they, yeah, they, they, they didn't. The, the, the Native American across the country was not a matter. Nobody owned the land. You know, you occupied something for a while. You, if you, if you, you moved around to follow the source of where the source of food was, which in their case was mostly the buffalo. And uh, they, you know, said that they they needed that territory because they needed to be where the where the food was. It was hard to follow the 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 fighting part between the the different nations or the tribes because um they the, the word honorable was really hard and they never said like they massacred like they did the soldiers they never talked about it like that so for me it was really difficult to understand exactly what it was that they were doing other than trying to make themselves stronger with having more supplies I guess I it was hard to understand from this book from our perspective looking into another's culture is pretty hard that's the value of reading I'm with Richard and Sharon uh, <laughs> I didn't finish the book um, it I'm really appreciating everyone's perspectives and I may revisit it, but at the time um, I had a lot of other things I wanted to read and I just wasn't interested in the belligerence. Um, so I stopped reading. <laughs> Archie, do you want to mute yourself unless you're speaking? You know how to do that? Thanks. But I'm always um, glad when I learn something. Um, I too was struck by the fact that Custer's name was never mentioned. And uh, they referred to the Little Bighorn River maybe once, but um, it was greasy grass. And that's where I went back to reread um, about that battle. Was that the battle where he was the decoy? part of the decoy team or he led the decoy te team was that i think that well i think that there were again that there was three what they, they the, the 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 indians called three three battles and he was a decoy in one of them uh that that wasn't the the big battle that we call the battle of little bighorn though okay and then um Little Big Man was referred to a couple of times. And did he betray? Did he betray Crazy Horse? Didn't he lure him into a, a cell? And then Crazy Horse was trying to escape? I, I think you're right. <clears throat> Actually, that was someone I wanted to look up again. I mean, long ago, there was a movie with Dustin Hoffman, I think. What, what, yeah, what was yeah. Little Big Man. And didn't he live with whites or got taken by whites early on? And it's a little bit confusing in my mind where he stood with that. But from this book, it did sound like he was part of the group kind of, you know, luring him into that uh, courtroom or the jail area you know i think crazy horse thought he was coming for one thing and they really wanted him to um go into jail so um so 
but but they hardly said anything about him except his name is so well known unless someone else knows more about that yeah and he was wearing a blue apparently they gave the blue soldiers coats to the yeah. indians who were working for the um the soldier right. the army yeah um and i thought it was interesting that they showed as um crazy horse made the decision to sign an agreement uh, you know, with the white man, even though he hated that and was the last thing he wanted to do, but was going to do it for his people, for the women, for the children who would otherwise not have enough to eat. And if they just tried to rely on buffalo, the white men had already shot so many of the buffalo that wasn't really sustainable anymore. So <clears throat> that's where sometimes certain leaders might say, hey, we're fighting for our culture, our country, you know, et cetera. We can kind of watch what's going on in the Ukraine a little bit now too, you know, regarding that. But he made this decision, of course, it was a smaller group that um, that he, he wanted the, the people to survive, even though it would be un, with some loss of, of their cultural, you know, customs of what they typically done. So, and and they the um, chiefs, well, Crazy Horse and some of the chiefs were pretty astute when it came to um, the mapping <laughs> that um, writing, you know, drawing lines on a piece of paper that said this is your territory, and then how it seemed like at every every turn they were betrayed by the government. Um, I also thought it was interesting when they were talking about the Holy Road and the detritus that was left along the way. Um, it made me think of people who climb Mount Everest and discard their um, oxygen cylinders <laughs> and how how disrespectful um, we are uh, to our surroundings. And then, of course, the the buffalo slaughter with the guys, uh, the men coming in with their big guns and slaughtering, you know, uh, years worth of, of buffalo. Um, that was essentially what, at least from my perspective, that was what really did the um, the Lakota in is they had lost their ability to provide for themselves successfully, plus all of the annuities that the government was providing. Um, I thought it was also interesting that one of the characters said that um, every year the cattle got skinnier and skinnier on their annuity um, uh, shipments. Why were they called annuities? Um, I don't know. Maybe because they got something all the time from, from yeah. by giving up, you know, like that that was their payment for moving to the agency. They were they were paid on a regular basis, I thought. Yeah. Just like it's supposed to be would. monthly. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take off. I I'm glad Sharon's recording that so I can hear the rest of your comments. This has been very <laughs> interesting. That people like like a lot of other books, people have different points of view, and and I think we all learn. I think we all learn from from what the others way ways of looking at the, the, the kind of the same same book. So, but thank thanks for 
And I, I, I still think that those of you that haven't finished it should go finish it. <laughs> <laughs> so th thanks much. Uh, I'll uh, listen to the recording and see you next yeah, month. Thank you, Al. <laughs> Al, were you the one that recommended the book? I, w I was I I thought I might have but I was not uh somebody else did I it, it this is my kind of this is this is my genre these history books about different people and how they've contributed to our country and the world for that matter and uh, so this mm -hmm. this is my kind of book so, <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed it but uh uh but I've learned I learned I've learned a lot from a lot of the other kind of books that we've read too so so again, uh, enjoy the rest of the conversation. Talk to you next month. Bye, Al. Fun at the Tiger game. <laughs> okay, thanks. I have a question. Until his late teens, he was known as Light Hair. And then after he was so brave in battle, he was renamed Crazy Horse. But when he was born, what name was he given? I thought he was given the name Crazy Horse, like his father and grandfather. And I must be wrong. He was named Light Horse, or I'm sorry, Light Hair. Light, he was named Light Hair. It wasn't just a nickname that he developed because he had such light hair. Well, that that's what they named him, I thought. Uh, and then uh, in some sort of a ceremonial process, the father um, bequeathed his name to his son, Yes. And then he took, the father took the name of Worm. Yes, that was an interesting choice. I'm not sure how he came up with it. We'll look at things differently, don't we? Yes. <laughs> Might not be my choice. <laughs> and of course, he could have had the name of some illustrious warrior, but he liked the fact that he had this historical name that had been in the family for generations. And so did his father. He was the last crazy horse then, right? Because he never had sons, right? And I think so. I think you're right. I can't remember what his daughter's name was. Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh. It was an interesting. She died. Movie. She died. She died young. Right mm -hmm. at five of the coughing sickness. Yeah. Was she who stands or I, I can't remember. Well, let me. I'll quickly Google it because I remember thinking it was sort of an interesting name. Whatever. Okay. I'm into a series of books by a couple of archaeologists named Michael and Kathleen Gear, who write about um, Native American culture, like AD 1000, the pre and prehistoric. So all this stuff is all flowing in my head. They they are fabulous writers. Uh, it's really um, but I'm reading a. Uh, uh, right now, I'm into one of their mysteries in which a couple of archaeologists are digging in Chaco Canyon and uh, finding things. But paralleling is the story of the natives who lived in Chaco Canyon. So at the end, the stories are going to come together about why these bones look the way they do. And it is a kind of tuberculosis.
that just ruins the bones and and the particular pathological anthropologist is saying i don't know how this woman walked around she must have been carrying so much pus and in pain all the time so disease was pretty rampant but i recommend this they've written about 60 books i'll never get them all done but uh they're just fabulous, fast-paced, plotted reads, and a lot of fighting. Yeah, if you don't like killing, yeah. you don't read them. <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of brutality, a lot of killing, and a lot of death. But it's they're really they're really wonderful books. Okay. <laughs> Crazy Horse's daughter's name was uh, "They Are Afraid of Her," so um, mm-hmm. that I knew it was something kind of interesting, but couldn't exactly remember. There you go. Um, this book was uh, considered to be in, in the category of biography, but I had a feeling it, may, it might have been more like historical fiction. What, what do you think? Do you think this is biography? Well, early on in the book, I felt like um, Crazy Horse, or the author, was sort of, I felt like he was sort of romanticizing um, crazy horse and, and or light hair um, as he was growing up and I thought so I didn't really connect with um, with crazy horse in a way I was hoping to uh, uh, back on the back of my book there's somebody that almost calls it a novel and I thought what and uh, but but then I've I've fallen on the thing biographical narrative following the Lakota oral it, Elaine was it you or Susan who said you know he how what a big point he made of the oral tradition and it's a real different way of telling a story so it's not a biography like we know it with sources and documents and all that stuff but it was based more on and he listed his whole yes. family lineage in the back of my book uh yeah you know, the stories that came down and are passed down about it. So if you're telling hero stories, that's what you're telling. Right, right. And here, the, I, I think you and I must have the same book because it says, <clears throat> drawing on extensive research and a rich oral tradition that is rarely shared outside Native American circles. And he was sort of an, he was an insider because he himself was Lakota, the author. So um it's the thought was that he got access to more of these stories than you might find in a library somewhere. Didn't he and say in the introduction that they were he he listened to these stories as he was growing up? A lot of them. Yes. Yes. I think it says it in the introduction. So it was it's stories that they tell the children and I guess and to let them remember the the strength of the Lakota before they became. I don't know what you want to call it, institutionalized. I don't know what the right word is. Before they had their lifestyle taken away from them. <clears throat> Anybody else have anything they want to add? Okay, I'm done driving now, so I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving back from the UP, uh, and uh, sometimes the the uh, reception is sketchy, and that's annoying when you're on a Zoom call. 
But um, I just want, I did enjoy the book. I listened to it uh, on my way back and forth to the UP. And it was interesting because my, just to bring it to modern day thinking, my nephew is a uh, English or language arts teacher up at Marquette High School. And last year they had a big uh separation in the community about renaming their sports team and the sports team was called the Redmen. It has been called the Redmen forever. It's been there. And so there was a big community divide on, you know, that there was nothing wrong with that. And so it was right. It just, it separated the community of, there was no in between on it. And um, there's a lot, my nephew teaches there and there's a lot of uh, native uh, children that are in the high school. And he talked about how downridden they were and kind of bullied uh, because, you know, we can't be Redmen anymore and we've been Redmen. So it was kind of reading this book was making me think how far have we really come with taking people's cultures and then continuing to kind of rub it in their face what we did to them. And so well, long story short, what happened, I know this is off the book thing, but I think it relates uh, that the the school board ended up being reelected and the school board just made the decision and they had new people on the school board. So now they have no name (laughs) (laughs) and they're in the, in the process of, of finding a name and a new, the, um, the, the, um, what do you call it? The, the, you know, the sports, um, mascot. What what do you call them? The mess. You mean the mascot? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it was, this was the thing that when I looked at it, it wasn't just being called the red man. The mascot was like this looking brown man with a big nose and a full headdress. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that, you know, was on all the varsity jackets, sweaters, and, you know, quite, quite very, you know, uh, stereotypical of a mean, a mean Indian, basically a tough guy. And so it, uh, it did resolve, but it was uh, probably two or three years of fighting in the community and articles in the newspaper. And, um, so when I read this book and thought about how that they were, how their culture was really taken and all of that. And then uh, spending so much time in the UP and hearing this and these native children that are at this school are kind of still getting a little, you know, bullied and everything. So I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up to, you know, present day of how far that we've really come with, with um, accepting really the, the culture. I think Native Americans were very tough and bold and uh, warlike, and that's why it was quite common for teams to have Native American names. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's the stereotype, Karen. That's why. And that's why it's being fought. 
And Maureen, I don't understand how far we've come if the Native kids are still being bullied. That doesn't seem coming very far. No, it doesn't. Um, but, you know, the the I mean, this is just what I heard from what was the culture kind of in the high school, because, you know, the the kids that didn't want to have their name changed were kind of blaming <laughs> the native kids, thinking that it was their fault, that they were the ones that were complaining about it, where it really it was more like a community effort to, you know, get in the right time of things. Um, to do this because, you know, it's, you know, professional sports teams did it years ago uh, and they were just kind of slow to the, to the line there to do that. But yeah, um, agree. I mean, any kid being bullied, it shouldn't be tolerated, but certainly not for racial kinds of things as well. I see the University of Michigan is putting out a lot of money to entice Native American youngsters and black youngsters into physics specifically. Right. Saw something like that. Right. Of course, I'm hoping that they start teaching them at a young age because not every 18 year old is ready to go into physics at university. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Other I, think it's, I think it's time for me to go check in for my appointment. I'm so <laughs> glad I got this all worked and I could be a part of this. Thank you. Happy reading, you all. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Anyone else want to pop in? Those of you who disliked the violence... What did you get out of it that was positive? <laughs> well, I think a renewed a, a renewed appreciation for the culture <laughs> and the spirituality of the Native Americans. Um, they were um, connected to the earth, and they respected uh, the earth the one the one part where they had the white men had massacred the buffalo and the indians went in and turned all the skulls to the east showing respect for the buffalo giving its life um and i think it's always a good reminder to me uh when i read um think books like this that that um it's such a spiritual group of uh, people, and we have tried to, um, we've just, yeah, just tried to, to um, destroy their culture and destroy their beliefs. And so I think the spirituality and the connection, uh, the respect uh, for many things was, was an important the violence too, you know, I always think, okay, how did this start? You know, how do certain aspects of the culture develop? Now, Al may know, I might have to talk to him about it. Um, but, you know, different ways of life come about for some kind of reasons, you know. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm not I, so hard on them, you know, but. Right. 
I perceive that most of the indigenous peoples from the other countries and from everywhere are much more respectful of earth and of their surroundings than the white men have been. And that we don't respect that at all. And it is so important. And one of the reasons we're having the problems we have now is that we have not respected the earth or anything we've done to the earth. And people for money will do anything. Um, you know, I mean, our PFAS in the in the Michigan and how many spots we have with PFAS and what we've done, we just don't we just don't respect the earth and the I think the indigenous people, that's how they live for so many years. Right. Um, and what will the future people say of us? Oh, it isn't going to be good. No, just <laughs> Unless, like right, this. right, <clears throat> right. Yes, yes, yeah. So we downtrodden the poor and the weak. I also yeah. thought it was interesting that when they um, stole the horses, that they brought that group of horses back to their their camp and they gave it to the the widows and the people who were in need. It, it wasn't um, a culture that was trying to enrich themselves. Uh, they were sharing with the, the people who needed things in their community. Yeah, that was something toward the end of the book. There was, um, I forget the, the tribe that um, they, the soldiers came and like wiped them out and they had to flee with what little they had because it was winter. It was mostly coats. And Lakota took them in, even though they too didn't have enough food, but they provided for them. And I thought that was, um, you know, just showed how much they they were caring, spiritual people. Kind of a dichotomy between the killing and the sharing. Exactly. And And why... What would have inspired or, or driven these, these white men who went into these camps to, um, un, to um, violate bodies in the way they did? Um, you know, they cut the breasts out of women, they cut babies out of their bellies. Uh, Hate. Doesn't sound Hate. like the soldiers, though. Wasn't it? I thought it was the soldiers. Well, that was <laughs> implied. Yeah, but it, it was. wasn't quite stay, said. I doubt that that's uh, army protocol. They, they did say it was the soldiers because the Indians were repulsed by it. I remember well, them saying that. Why is, would they? Mm, yeah, why would they do that to women and children? It was like they they mm. didn't understand. And that I think that's where they developed that they were just in to get to slaughter. They didn't respect them at all. And they just were out to kill. And the numbers were all they cared about. I think that was stated numerous times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I don't think that was army regulation. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of wars where they, I mean, just 
you know, in the past couple of decades where they say soldiers will go in and do horrible things to the people. And, you know, I don't think it's, it's definitely not an army thing, but I think it's, they just, they're, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Bad thing to say about somebody's culture. I mean, no. How does that start? Why do people do those things? <laughs> Jim, did you have anything to add? Probably have a lot, but it's taking from what you're, what people are saying. Remember, I, I mean, I served in Vietnam, not, not on the ground, but in the air. And the, every paper had battles in the the whole thing was, what was the body count? Mm -hmm. Okay. And they counted all the bodies. Remember my lie where Lieutenant Kelly or whoever, they just killed that village. And while they came back on him, I think some of it, remember, how many, how many Westerns have you seen where somebody is, some white guy is saying, cowboy is saying, they're the only good Indians are dead? Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. Plus, some of this was right after the Civil War. And the Civil War was very bloody. And a lot of people, I don't want to pick on the South, but the South had no use for the slaves who, whether they were free or slaves, didn't matter. They figured they just, they would, if they captured them, they're fighting for the North. They captured them. They killed them. They didn't put them in a prisoner of war camp. So I think things are there when you're in the service. I mean, you can look at Ukraine now. Some of the things the Russians did in some of those Ukrainian villages are no different than what this book showed for the uh, soldiers do. You, you get to a point where you're your job is if you you get indoctrinated, you get to the point that your job is to to kill. If that's what you are, if you're an infantryman, that's your that's your job. Yeah, the power of however the social network is and where you're at and the people yeah. is overpowering. It it'll change you who wouldn't want that to going along with the group. Yeah. It, it, and so I think that happens. But what, one thing I wanted to say is, while they were so uh, in need of horses and what have you, remember, the only reason there were horses here is because the Spanish brought them when they came over and, quote, discovered the place. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where the horses came from. There were no native horses in the United States until the Spanish brought them. So the, the Lakota and every other tribe that used horses, they had already changed their culture yes. because they needed to, to survive. It would be very hard for them to, on foot, go after those buffalo. But they did. Oh, they did, yes. And they did it with a spear. Right. Because that's the only tools they had. Right. So 
their culture Change. changed over time. You know, I'm not saying ours will, but it has already. Oh. As some people are very, as Richard said, he didn't like the killing. Well, I don't know how long ago it would have been people would have thought nothing about that. We have evolved. So I just think that it, it was very interesting to me because there's a Indian school, that's what it's called, out in Montana that is a Lakota, and they do teach uh, Crow too. And I do spend money to them because they're trying to educate and the reservations are a bad place to live. They don't have, you know, it's, it's like, we, we said we'd provide them with everything and all those deals they were talking about, but all that did was restrict them and, and make them dependent on the, the government. And the government has an, an, not a funny way, it's not funny, but a seemingly way to always go back on these things. Even if you look at currently when we have Medicaid and wealth, what people call welfare and food stamps, you know, it's been argued that since 64, now I'm getting political and I know I'm not in the in the majority here, but since 64, when they started doing that, that was very good for people. Don't get me wrong. But poverty's gone up since then. And, you know, Lyndon Johnson's whole thing was the war on poverty. And it hasn't been won. So we're not doing something right. So I look at that and say, we did the same thing to the Native Americans. If, if I... And I'm probably wrong, but if I remember right, I think the what we used to call the Sioux, which are the Lakota, started down in the Carolinas or someplace. And they got pushed. <laughs> now they have reservations. I don't know where they all are, but I know there's at least one or two in Montana. So, so I'm probably... I mean, I was, I don't know if Richard was in the service. Um, no, I wasn't. Okay. So, but, Is but too I, old or too young. Yeah. <laughs> but so I know when I flew, I had a guy sitting three stations down from me that his, his name was Mills. And we called him Nuka Mills because that's what he wanted to do to the Vietnamese. So, you know, he was very good at his job, but he just had views that the rest of us didn't really have. So it's somewhat ingrained in the culture of the military. So I've probably said too much, so I'll stop. <laughs> very good. <laughs> very interesting. Corrine, did you want to comment on the book? We just lost her. There she is. I've got you muted, so you have to unmute. Uh, the, I, I said that I really, I really did enjoy the book. 
Um, and I learned a lot about the culture that I didn't really know that much about personally, the Lakota culture. So that part of it, uh, you know, the role of women, the, the way that the, the, the children stayed with their mother and how they taught their values. I found that very interesting. I don't like violence either. Uh, so that part of it uh, is always uh, difficult for me in any, in any book or movie. Uh, I did listen to the book. So perhaps that was, I don't know if that was easier to listen to it or read where you could just skip through it. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, that's, that was the reality of the world in which they lived. So to like not have the violence in there would be sugarcoating it or not having, uh, you know, an accurate perception of what was really happening uh, in history then. So, so I, you know, I, I said, I, I stayed with it, but I, I really did like the book. Uh, and in fact, I started reading one of the other books that he has has written uh, already about it, um, and it was about uh, the um, more about uh, uh, Sitting Bull and the the uh, the Battle of Little Bighorn. So I just started that book, and so it'd be interesting to see how those two tie in. Corrine, did you want to comment? Well, I figured out how to turn on my audio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize because I, I have not read the book, but it's been really interesting listening to all of the conversation. I got the book just, I think, last week and just didn't get it read. But um, I've always thought Crazy Horse was a hero and um, thought that the Indians were pretty gentle, intelligent people. And um, it's just, you know, talking about the violence and that, it... Uh, it, it's you see it in the police force too that I think there are just some people that you know they just they just think differently and and I don't know what the source of that is but it's um it's pretty all over um I don't know are are there are there cultures or groups that live quietly and don't don't interfere with a lot of other people. I guess there are a lot of them and we're trying to get more in the world, but um, there's always those few, I guess. I don't know, but I think this book sounds like an interesting read. I'm not sure I, I would be able to get through all the violence either, but <laughs> um, I appreciate all the comments everyone's made. Thank you. I started out reading this book and I ended up listening to it. Um, uh, and I think the listen was probably more engaging than the, the writing was for me. <clears throat> and yeah. the benefit of um, listening with uh, Libby is that you can speed up the pace. Mm so I could listen to it at 1.4 words per minute or whatever they it's 1.4 is the was the number that I um that I picked um how do you do that I, I was never able to go faster <laughs> so it took you, a 
do it you took use, a full 11 hours. <laughs> did you, do you use Libby? No, I use my iPad. <laughs> well, but uh, how do you access the book on Audible or Libby? Audible, or, yeah. I'm sure you can do it in Audible too. I'll send, if I can find the instructions, I'll send them to you because there are just some books that you want to speed up. Um, <laughs> I read the book about the settling of Australia, you know, when England used to send the prisoners there, steal a piece of bread, you got shipped off to Australia. And because I was going to go to Australia and I thought, oh, I'm going to learn about Australia. I I read that book out to and from and I read it in the car mostly. And it was every whipping, every thing that happened was in the book. And it, it was like, I think like could have been 28 tapes or something, but it took me two months to read it. And it, it was a real slog. <laughs> to get through. And I yeah. <laughs> maybe this book would be kind of similar, but I don't, maybe not as long, but. Um, anyway, yeah, this one sounds like maybe there was even more violence. Well, I'm not sure it what was violent was just very, very graphic, I think. Oh, even worse. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but um, I am always happy when I read something, when I read something that would not be on my normal radar screen. So I'm always happy when I uh, when I read a book like this. And I feel like um, it was a good reminder of the Native American culture and and how much I need to to respect <laughs> all cultures. Yeah. It reminds me of that saying by I don't know if I'm saying his name right, Kierigar Guard. Life is something to be experienced. It's not a problem mm -hmm. to be solved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. um, if um, I'm fading, I was just diagnosed with COVID. Oh, um, I and, thought I, that's and I have to sign off if that's okay. okay. That's sure. fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Take care. Make sure you get Paxlovid. I started it this morning. Uh, if you can stand the taste. Uh, the taste didn't bother me. But you I know just... how you can get cover any taste if it's a tablet is is chocolate sauce, oh. not syrup sauce. You, oh. I had to take flagell, which is ooh terrible when I had my appendicitis, and I cr crushed that, put it in my chocolate. It was wonderful. I look forward to taking my pill twice a day. <laughs> well, my friend said chocolate milk. Take it with chocolate milk. That's what she had to do because the metal taste is that what you're. I'm uh, not. I'm not experiencing uh, any taste. But then, oh, you're lucky. So oh. I, I just swallowed the pills and um, I'm on the the two pill dose, not the three pill dose. Um, right. Well, 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 take care. Is yes. Steve better? He is. Um, has rebound. Mm -hmm. So we were exposed by our friend's son who went to a Cal tailgate. And mm. we were all having um, coffee together in the afternoon. And the next day he tested positive. So we were exposed. You know, he, he didn't know he, he was going to be sick. And then Steve got it. 
and then we've been masking and isolating and we did, washing our hands and sanitizing everything and and the last night I, or yesterday i woke up with a terrible sore throat and mm -hmm. yeah boom so i'm sorry <laughs> to hear that sharon well the, the new booster is finally out i just got mine a couple of days ago where they you... talked about it for a while and and now Where it's finally you... available, along with the flu, and they recommend just getting them both together. I know that won't help you when you have it, but then maybe for the future once you're recovered. Yeah, I tried to get it before we left, and I couldn't get it anymore. No, it was hard to find. Yeah, yeah. You then doesn't find have it, it but CVS does, so go figure. Right. Well, thank you for hosting, and I hope you feel better. I'll yes. be some... Take week. care. This too will pass. Okay, bye everyone. Bye. Bye, bye. bye everyone. Bye.